Greetings, guys and gals. Join me here at Success Over Stress, where the goal is to strengthen strategies that will defeat doubt, cure complacency, and strangle stress. I'm on the road to a healthier, happier, and stress-controlled life by taking control of my financial situation. With the right direction, so can you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, appreciate you for coming back and uh, hanging out with me for a little bit. This is November the 5th, 2022, and I spent a little bit of time with the wife and daughter today. We went and did a dementia walk in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It's a good time. And I tell you what, I I tell you what, (sighs) quitting your day job, it really gives you the time and energy to do some of the things that you want to do without having that overhanging burden of, Oh yeah, but I gotta save my energy for the for the end of the week because man, I gotta go back to work. But you know, trust and believe. I've been there. I've done that. So um, just blessed to be in the position that I'm in now. Anyway, what we're talking about today is prepare for the rainy day, right? So this is success over stress, and the name of the game is uh, empowerment, uh, progression proliferation it's it's moving forward in every way so so today i'm talking about preparing for the rainy day we're going to talk a little bit about elon musk but we're going to keep it keep it short keep it short enough that you uh, keep your attention you know so when we talk about rainy day rainy day funds saving for emergencies contingencies and unexpected baby i mean events car breakdowns hospitalizations job loss that kind of thing speaking of job loss According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the United States has an employment rate of approximately 3.6% as of September 22nd. Um, Excuse me, September 22nd is my birthday, sorry guys. Uh, As of September 2022. Uh, In April of 2020, it was up to 14.2%. I'm sure that some of you, uh, especially in the U.S., we're talking the U.S., you understand why, because we had the the COVID epidemic pandemic that was announced in January 10th of 2020. And after that, everything just really rolled downhill. People were, everything was, was closing because people weren't getting out, weren't supposed to get out. You know, there were mass mandates. There were, um, I know in our area, there, there were uh, curfews. You had to be in by eight o'clock and that kind of thing. So that was pretty interesting. But um, so, uh, restaurants close and you know other other uh, sectors where you had to be face to face with with folks they shut down and and or uh, people didn't have the extra money to spend on those kind of things because people were unemployed now there was another thing going on where there were you know the stimulus checks and people were still getting paid I don't you know I don't know was an unemployment paycheck was it a stimulus check but uh i do know that there's plenty of people who didn't make x amount in their day-to-day life and with their um with, with the checks that came in with their aid that came in they were making more than they were making when they were working so then there's the whole thing about all right well i don't really want to go back to work i want to get this check 
because it's more than it was than I was making when I was working. So why work if you'll send me the check? Um, but that's that's another podcast. That's not this podcast, uh, you know. So, but I want to make note of four points about unemployment as the, the federal government sees it. So, point one: people with jobs are employed. Point two: people who are jobless but looking for a job and available to work are considered unemployed. So they have to be jobless, but they also have to be looking for work, right? So whether or not it's going down to the uh, unemployment office uh, or putting in applications, they have to be looking for a job and available to work. Uh, And then point three, the labor force is made up of both the employed and the unemployed. So that's the labor force as, as a whole. All right, and then point four, people who are neither employed nor unemployed are not in the labor force, right? So if it's your aunt that uh, is not able to work, not looking for a job, then she's not in the labor force at all, okay? All right, so all this brings me to the current events uh, going on with uh, Twitter, Twitter, right? Because there's some... There's some firings going on there. Haven't heard of any hirings yet, um, but definitely firings going on. Elon Musk, if you don't know, he's a 51-year-old who is the world's uh, most wealthy individual, right? So let's see. According to Forbes, he has a net worth of about $208.3 billion with a B, billion dollars. All right. Who comes in at position two is the Bernard Arnault. Bernard Arnault, Arnault, yeah, I don't know who that is, so I'm not in the know. Uh, Bernard Arnault and their family, uh, their net worth is of $159.6 billion. And per time.com, Elon Musk dropped about $9 billion after the Twitter deal. But that's not necessarily an indication of anything because, you know, he, he could certainly turn that thing around. He's already... <laughs> He bought it, so maybe he's in a deficit, but he's already fired, you know, four of the top executives. So he's probably going to save some money there. And then he's, I understand that there's also some firings planned for maybe some of the low, lower performers at the uh, at Twitter. But some of the top executives that were fired was Parag Agrawal, the chief executive, uh, Ned Siegel, the chief financial officer, Vajaya Gotti, the top legal and policy executive, and Sean Edgett, the general counsel. So, you know, I, I mean, what is it, SpaceX and um, Tesla that Elon has? So he knows how to run a business. So he, he could certainly turn that around and make it into a profitable um, endeavor. But then there's also the other pieces of it, which uh, kind of goes like this. Elon started, I guess he's an avid Twitter user and he has a huge following. So back in April, he started uh, looking at purchasing or acquiring Twitter. And then so throughout the course of the summer, I guess he decided maybe he didn't want to purchase it. And he said that uh, there weren't uh, enough adequate uh, measures in place to prevent spam and some of this other stuff. And then he was going to back out of the deal. Well, Twitter was like, yeah, no, you're going to pay us what you said you was going to pay us so we're going to sue you and then elon was like you know what yeah 
uh, I probably will make out better going ahead and making the purchase rather than getting sued. So he went ahead with the um, he went ahead with the purchase, and it was my understanding that the judge said that he had till the 27th of October to do it. Uh, looked like that the um, if my notes here are right, that he the purchase actually went through. Uh, I guess it was October 27th. Yeah. So, um, apparently Elon is a, what we call a free speech absolutist. So he wants the platform to have less restrictions. And at least earlier on, he was talking about reversing the permanent ban of the former president, Donald Trump, which, uh, I guess former president Donald Trump would often say things that was on his mind. And, you know, he, Maybe not everybody would agree with it, and so some of those uh, comments would be banned. And so it's my understanding that the uh, that as a whole, at least this article suggests that Republicans are in favor of Elon purchasing the company. So once again, free speech absolutist. Maybe be able to get uh, Donald Trump's uh, Twitter account re um, reinitiated that kind of thing. But then on a side note. Uh, Donald Trump, he was he was a part of, uh, oh man, he was going to start his own social media platform. I don't remember what the name of it was going to be, but I do know that it trades under the ticker DWAC. Um, something acquisition, yeah. But anyhow, this is not about former president today. This is about Elon Musk. Okay. So uh, he did, Elon Musk did later say, right, did later say or wrote Twitter, obviously, and I quote, Twitter obviously cannot become a free for all hellscape where anything can be said with no consequences. So, you know, what he decides to do with the platform to make it profitable, to make it both profitable and um, to make it a place that people want to spend their social media minutes uh he, he he's got some he's got some work to do but i'm sure he'll figure it out so the moral to this story is get your ish together save invest in your wealth invest in your education and keep in mind guys your knowledge and ambition is something that no one can take from you okay so they can they can certainly rub elbows with you but uh they 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 can't take that from you so your job they can take that from you that's not yours and they can take it from you so uh, if you become your own boss now that's different story but then you know you still have uh, certain uh, certain barriers there too but you're more in control of that than you are being an employee so i urge all you guys to um own something of your own, whether it be something that uh, sustains you and you don't have to work for anybody else, or whether it's just a piece of the puzzle where you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do, when you want to do it. That's great too, but just don't be, um, don't, don't, don't find yourself in a situation where somebody can change your life with one letter. And I mean, I guess I guess there's a number of letters throughout uh, throughout the course of time that can change anybody's life. But I mean, your employer, though, 
Ah. Anyway, this is Eric. I'm out. Peace. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to uh, subscribe and tell a friend. Peace. Peace.